Welcome to the 442nd episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. Stay tuned for my interview with David Balog, author of the novel Necromancer's Lament. Stay tuned for the interview. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is David Balog, author of the new novel Necromancer's Lament. David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Great. Well, if someone hasn't heard about your new novel yet, Necromancer's Lament, how would you describe the novel? Necromancer's Lament is a uh, dark high fantasy coming of age story. It's uh, written for young adults, but it's certainly suitable for all ages. It's the memoir of of a young man who discovers magic or more accurately, magic discovers him. And as he, it's uh, really a tale of his apprenticeship, his growing up, his becoming a more mature person as he gains new friends and rivals and goes on adventures as he as he figures magic out. And so do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write Necromancer's Lament? I, I'd had the idea noodling around in my head for years. I've played uh, Dungeons and & Dragons and Pathfinder and other tabletop role-playing games for most of my life. And actually, a lot of the characters I developed while playing them at some point or another over the years, which really allowed me to fully develop their personalities. Mithron was always a favorite character of mine, and I just felt like I needed to put you know, put some of his story down on the page. Didn't really originally plan on it being a novel, and currently it's working its way into a trilogy, most of the way through with the second book now. And I just wanted to get a few ideas down, and then this connected to that, and the next thing connected to the next thing. And before I knew it, I had a novel taking shape. And so do you remember the first fiction that you ever wrote? Oh, the first thing I wrote Fiction-wise, was probably in first grade. It was a story of a girl finding a leprechaun. The problem is, when when you're seven years old, it's hard to come up with a with a good ending for things. You, you don't have the life experiences, and it was. I, I actually spent months uh, trying to figure out what kind of wishes would she have, and you know, money would be good, but how much is enough? How much is too much? What would she really want? What would she really need? And of course, I hadn't developed the character enough to determine what kind of backstory she might have or what family history would be. When you're seven, these things aren't as important. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. So what was your journey to writing and getting Necromancer's Lament? Well, through college, while working on my master's degree in history, I talked to a few of my other fellow students who were also considering to, you know, whether to start writing stories or not. You know, what, when you're writing as many research papers as you have to write for uh, for a history degree, you get in the mode to just keep writing a lot. I, you know, and as I was putting it, I put the story together. I think I spent about seven and a half years actually writing it because I didn't have any timelines. I didn't have any deadlines. I was just writing whenever the muse would strike. And eventually I had something that needed some editing, but I had something that really worked. After that, I started doing research into querying and looking for publishers. And that was another two and a half year process before I found Rock Hill Publishing. And so what was your writing process like for working on the novel? Did you outline it extensively before writing or was it more of an organic process of you of seeing where the story led you? 
Oh, I'm very organic. It's um, I'm very much of it. I think the term is pantser. I, I did some outlining as far as just figuring out what characters would be in started the world building was more outlining. When I write, I'll put notes at the front of the chapter or I got a page of just ideas that I've scribbled down that is like, all right, I want to write about this at, in this chapter. And sometimes that just evolves into a different chapter. But very much my writing is almost stream of consciousness. I, I sit down, I have a general idea of what I want to write. And then I, I just let it flow through me and uh, I type whatever I end up typing. Sometimes I have to go back and if it doesn't seem to make enough sense or if it's gone off in a direction I don't really like, I'll have to rewrite it. But more often than not, I just let it flow through me and put the words on the page. And so are you working on the sequel to Necromancer's Lament now? Uh, yes, uh, Necromancer's Sorrow. The, the third one will be Necromancer's Grief. I've, I figured I've planned enough to know that it's a trilogy and the basic idea of what happens. But again, I just fall through as things, as it flows through. But I have nine, ten chapters done for it. Necromancer's Lament is 15 chapters, and I want to keep around that size, around the 100,000 to 110,000 word area. And that's where I'm, I'm looking at right now for towards this one. Great. Do you ever sit down to write and have a blank page and, and have trouble getting started writing? And if so, what do you do when that happens? Yeah, that, that happens a lot. <laughs> I, I think that happens to almost every writer at one point or another. At, at that point, I, I go back and look at what I've already done. So sometimes if I don't feel the impetus to write something new, I just go and edit what I've already uh, done so far. And sometimes just rereading it helps trigger what I need to write next. Sometimes I'll just I'll spend a week just rereading and rereading until it really kicks in. But that means I'm also getting a lot of my editing done out of the way. And so, uh, what other writing advice would you offer for those who are writing their own stories and novels? Just keep at it. Some people say you have to write every day, or you're not a real writer. I I, I don't like gatekeeping, but it is something it's keep it in, in the front of your mind. Even if you're not putting words on the page that day, if you're plotting in your mind, if you're just scratching a note, if you're talking into your phone and leaving yourself a voice memo, just get the ideas out there. Even if it doesn't make sense, even if it's not coherent, just keep putting stuff out there. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. 
As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. And eventually you can go back to stuff and went, oh, wait, that, that, that seemed interesting before. Let me expound on that. Let me dig a little deeper into that one. I've had dreams that have given me ideas for storylines that I hadn't really planned on before. Actually, for the end of the trilogy, I knew what the last paragraph or so was going to be. I wasn't quite sure what was going to lead up to that. And then I dreamt the last couple of pages. So I, I'm ahead on that point, even though I haven't started the third book otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So what fiction or nonfiction books have you enjoyed reading recently? Oh, uh, recently? For, for the most part, I, I was avoiding reading while I was writing just because I wanted to stay focused in my world. And more more than anything, I was avoiding reading fantasy because there's so much good stuff out there. I was afraid of accidentally plagiarizing something, saying, oh, that's really good, and then having it show up in my book. And it's like, you stole that from somebody else. No, I didn't. Oh, my God, I did. But recently this year, I've started reading more again with Discovering Rock Hill Publishing. It's a small company, and we have a whole bunch of brand new authors so I've been reading their books as they've been reading mine. So we've, we've been swapping books. And in 2020, we've put out five new books by five brand new authors, all putting out their first books. Fantasy-wise, I was reading uh, Nanagan by H.C. Uh, Kilgour. And I've also read uh, John L. Ford's Dominion and Mark Everglades' Hemispheres. The Nanagan is fantasy. The other two are science fiction. So where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your novel? Oh, I made that easy. DavidFBaylog.com. It's my name. I, have, I made the page. Uh, originally, I had done Necromancer's Lament and then with advice from my publisher to because I'll be writing other books and I don't want to make a new web page for every book I write. I said, just do, do an author page. Make one page for yourself. And that way, with every new book, you just add that to your page. I'm like, oh, that makes a whole lot more sense. <laughs> Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with David Baylog, author of the new novel, Necromancer's Lament. The novel is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And David, thanks for doing this interview. Oh, thank you very much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Now stay tuned as David Baylog reads from his novel, Necromancer's Lament. The summer had come to a close, yet the heat of the long days continued to hamper my comfort. Through the spring, the building stonework had kept us cool, but as the stones heated, they stayed hot, radiating their warmth inside our home, causing me to use the occasional freezing spell to create a patch of ice and cool things down again. I had also taken to wrapping a cloth around my forehead to prevent drops of sweat from falling on my books. Latraka, with her icy skin, enjoyed the extra warmth, and it seemed that there was no temperature at which we were both comfortable at the same time. Oftentimes, I appreciated the heat most at night, for it made me uncomfortable enough that I slept lightly, preventing me from dreaming. This also had the side effect of increasing my acerbic nature, however, which combined with the heat of the day made me downright unpleasant to be around, causing Vlatraka to leave me notes with directions for my studies, 
rather than be in my presence any longer than necessary. At first, I was annoyed that she ignored me, but as it only took a stern look from her after one of my tirades for me to understand how I was acting, and I made a conscious effort to tie my tongue before speaking impulsively. Overall, I found that taking my books outside was far more comfortable than sitting in the oven that was our library. Latraka had placed a small wooden bench next to the pond, which sat at the southern part of her tree-bordered property. The gentle croaking of the occasional frog and the singing of birds created a musical backdrop to my studies, though I soon learned to return indoors before sunset, as the swarm of mos- swarms of mosquitoes found me much to their liking. Their bloodthirsty nature did inspire the creation of a new spell, however, one in which the target slowly bleeds through a tiny wound that will not heal without magical assistance or at the expiration of the spell. But we, though usually not deadly, it does irritate and weaken a foe, and the annoyance of the bleeding has proven to distract other spellcasters long enough to ease my victory. A wise wizard never claims too much space, just enough to give a buffer between her home and the outside world in general. Too much land is difficult to defend against uh, intruders, too little and one's home can be subjected to attacks from rivals without them stepping on protected ground. From my vantage point, I could see hidden in the tall grass a few of the numerous skeletal hands which would animate and crawl on their bony fingertips towards intruders. I never asked Nari which protection she used, but judging for her proclivity for conjuration, I would guess that she had numerous portals set up for summoning elementals or denizens from further planes of existence. Though I abhor undead, these animated claws carried no essence of their original owners, and they are more akin to constructs than undead. The undead are the ones who escape the Dark Lady's grasp, either of their own free will or through various magics. While constructs are mobile solely through magic and without spirit, generally at least, greater constructs, such as golems, tend to have a rudimentary elemental spirit infused into their being, which is not the same as the soul of a living creature. Whether or not using elemental spirits is just as objectionable as enslaving living souls is still a matter of debate. The claws are animated through manipulation of the weave and are no more than puppets, which follow a simple set of commands. One other benefit of studying by the pond was having the opportunity to wade in and cool myself off. Typically, I would not stay in too long, as I cannot swim, and I did not wish to take too much time away from my studies. I had set a high bar early on with Latraka, and she pushed me all the harder to learn because of it. The water was clean and safe to drink from, and I would bring out a large bowl to fill for Tessilia to bathe in and cool herself as well. Owls are extremely well insulated, retaining body heat to the point where she can sit on a branch in winter with a pile of snow collected on her head. No heat escapes through her feathers to melt it, and she stays warm and dry. In the summer heat, however, she pants often to cool herself down, and wetting her feathers allows some of that heat to escape through evaporation. She would then sit on the back of the bench to preen while I studied. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.